It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. This is the second hour of Priority Talk Radio. Greg Davis is out this week, and so I'm in the studio. Nate Williams, Stewart is holding it down, making sure it all sounds good. Call our number at 205-941-1011. We talked about a lot of stuff in that first hour, news and politics. We covered the shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, We talked a little bit about um, Alabama's loss on Friday night to San Diego State. We talked about peanut butter, uh, you know, a hero from Trustful, and uh, other things as well. If you missed any of that, you'll want to go check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and elsewhere, and this episode will be up soon. But we are live, like I said, Monday night. Call in 205-941-1011. So what are we talking about in this second hour, ministry and culture? For the most part, we'll be talking about uh, missionaries, mission work, evangelism, one of my favorite topics. But before we get there, I want to share a, a heartbreaking story and just things for parents to be aware of because parents have it tough these uh, parents have always had it tough not going to lie but they have it tough now with the technology disadvantage that that's there as a parent you will never be as technologically savvy as your child it just won't happen. You have access to the same technology. Uh, most likely, now there are exceptions, you're going to have very techie parents and very, uh, I guess this would be me, technologically challenged children. So I'm not the smoothest with technology. I'm in my mid-20s. And so it's not for everyone, but generally parents just are going to be at a disadvantage. The newest apps, the newest lingos, the newest uh, technology that's there to hide what's being done and said from your parents in case in case uh, they ever look at your phone anyways uh, this is a story from the gospel coalition protect teens from sextortion a few months ago a sophomore in high school had dinner with his family prayed with his mother before bed and went to his room there he saw a message on instagram from someone posing as a female The messenger, who was in Nigeria, convinced him to participate in a sexual episode, filmed it, and then threatened to send the images to friends and family if he didn't pay $1,000. The 16-year-old football player didn't have $1,000. He begged for mercy, then, under intense pressure, said he was going to kill himself. Go ahead, the person wrote, because you're already dead. Just pure evil sometime after 2 a.m while his family slept 
Walker took his own life. That is just so heartbreaking. Since then, his father had been sharing his story, warning other teens and parents to be alert to traps, not to talk to strangers online, and to keep phone use in shared spaces. Last month, international law enforcement agencies released a warning. In 2022, the FBI received thousands of reports related to the financial sextortion of minors, primarily boys, representing an exponential increase from previous years. Unfortunately, the FBI is also aware of more than a dozen suicides following these incidents. I wasn't surprised. A year prior, a friend of mine shared how this exact trend occurred in his family. What's going on and what can Christian parents do? So my heart goes out to everyone involved in this, except for the evil people who scam and do, do that. Uh, anyways, just going to tick me off on their end. But to, to children, because as we know, children, if left to their own devices, or literally devices, they're going to make poor decisions on average. Sure, you might have some children with some good sense, but uh, unchecked, children will often make poor decisions. And when they have access to social media, when they have access to cameras and video taking capabilities, it's just they're going to make poor decisions. And then parents, it's, it's tough with all the apps out there. To, to know what's going on. And so there are just different ways of going about it. You can trust your kid, which some parents would argue that's what you should do. You There's monitoring your kids. There's not giving them phones. There's, okay, you, you can have a phone, but you got to give it back um, around 9 o'clock at night so you don't have it with you. And all, all those various options. And I guess to parents out there, I want to hear your thoughts what do you do with your kids' kids' technology? When should kids have phones? Uh, do you have kind of like this curfew where you're like, okay, after this time, go in and hand your phones, uh, hand in your phones for the night? I guess Stuart, you have a couple kids. Uh, it, it, when you do, uh, what what are you? What are you going to do? Are you going to be like, hey, you can have a phone when you're 32? Are you going to be like, hey, turn in your phones at 10 o'clock? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that when you have children? I'll probably make them wait to have phones till they're like 15 or something. Like, yeah. when, once they drive around, you need to be able to communicate with them. Yeah, probably I think not, so. I probably won't give them a phone till then. I'll probably only let them have like maybe a maybe like a family tablet that everybody can share. Yeah. But I'm not giving them a phone till then. I think so. Uh, something along those lines. Maybe you can give them like a dumb phone. I, I've heard that as an option where it's like all you can do, all you can do is call, uh, maybe call some numbers on the phone. But parents out there, I want to hear your thoughts. 205-941-1011. Y'all, this technology is wild and it can be used for a lot of good. But but just these stories are just heartbreaking. Uh, so the Gospel Coalition article has just some um, some suggestions. Number one, lean on the community God has given you. Uh, don't fight alone. Get, seek advice. Seek wisdom. Ask around. Ask other parents. You're, you're not alone. Parents everywhere are trying to figure this one out. Uh, number two, be consistent in your pursuit of your children. Y'all don't. I'm going to say this if you're a parent. Don't let the only time you interact with your children be over rules and regulations. 
pursue your children, get to know them. What are they interested in? What are they going through? And then when you kind of involve a little bit of a heavy hand with rules and regulations, if that's the route that you choose to go in, it's more understandable because you've established a relationship. But if all they know from you is rules and regulations, um, strict parents, the saying goes, produce sneaky children. And the stricter you are, the sneakier your kids will be. That's what I hear. And again, it's not all kids, but many kids are like that. And so pursue your children with a relationship. And then when you come in with rules and regulations, they'll understand it comes from a heart of care. But if all they get from you are the rules and you're like, you don't care to even get to know me, it's going to turn a lot of uh, a lot of children off. A conversation doesn't always flow naturally and easily with children, but it's worth fighting for. Start this early and often with young children. Plan weekly meetings with older teens over coffee or a meal. Let them know you're a safe person they can share anything with and prove that by not being shocked, uh, prove that by not being shocked by what they share. We want our kids to know that we hope they'll resist sin, but if they fall, we'll help them figure out what to do next. The saying I use, hey, this is me, not the article, is uh, you want to help your kids not to make bad decisions worse. We all know that the, the preferred choice is to not make a mistake. But you don't. If, if you are going to make a mistake, don't compound that mis mistake by making it worse. So, for example, the, I use the example of drinking. You don't want your kids to get drunk, right? You, you get drunk, you make poor decisions. But let's say you uh, a child goes ahead and makes that poor decision to get drunk. Well, you don't want to make that poor decision even worse by driving. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell my kids when I have them, I don't want you to get drunk. I think that's a poor decision. I think it's harmful to your health and to those around you. But if you ever find yourself in the situation where you are drunk, please don't drive. Call me. Like, reach out. It's not worth your life to drive. So don't make a poor decision even worse. Uh, number three from the article. Remember, technology can be a real danger. Even kids with good church communities and loving parents can fall prey to online temptation. So don't don't let your guard down. Be aware of apps and lingo, video technology, uh, picture technology as, as best you can. I don't know your thoughts on blockers and all that, but uh, maybe install blockers. Uh, you know, there's like covenant eyes and stuff. And number four, do everything in love. Don't set your rules out of fear but out of love communicate to your children how much you value them and set an example by practicing some of these boundaries in your own life uh, so y'all do everything in love you want a relationship with your child don't be just a rule setter because oftentimes again this gets into a bit of theology how they view you will partially inform how they view God. So if all they know from you is the heavy hand of the law, that'll bleed over into how they view God. And we know God's not like that. God sets laws, yes. But we know those laws best through a relationship. God loves us and wants a relationship with us. And these laws help us to actually get to know him better. The goal is a relationship. And uh, what are your thoughts, y'all? Parents, uh, what, what do you do with your kids? Uh, just... 
just help us out. You know, again, I'm in my mid 20s. I don't know it all. And so I'm open to hearing what you have to say. Call in 205 941 1011. On the other side of this break, we're going to be talking about missionaries, mission work, evangelism, how your church can get involved. It's, it'll be a bunch of good stuff. So, y'all, don't go anywhere. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. I'm Julie Slattery with Focus on the Family, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis on WXJC. Our God, a firm foundation, our rock, the only solid ground, as nations rise and fall. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. Greg Davis is out this week. My name's Nate Williams, and we have Stuart in the studio. We also have a caller, so I would like to welcome on Pam. Uh, Pam, what you got for us? I would just like to say that we work a lot with youth at New Hope Baptist Church in Glencoe, Alabama. Okay. And uh, we pastor there. And uh, I have grandchildren that are also young teens. I noticed that even as young as 12-year-olds, some of the things they're exposed to, we just have to sit and listen to them. And I sit in amazement. Um, Even at 58 years old, I sit in amazement at some of the things that they have to face and some of the decisions they have to make as young as they are. But I think to listen to them is so important. And then the advice we give them, like you just said, is to let them know, I promise to listen to you if you'll come to me and let me guide you. Then when they come, as parents and grandparents, we may have to take steps that we really don't want to have to take as far as disciplining goes. But maybe we can do that in a way that there are ways to do that in ways that makes them still feel comfortable about coming to us. But it's just amazing to me that even in... Um, middle schools, I think it starts even in elementary schools, but even in middle schools, some of the things that our children are um, exposed to, I, I'm, I stand in amazement at it. And I'm pretty open-minded, but uh, I, I just, you know, as a grandmother, uh, I try to listen to the teens. I, yes. I just think there's something new there. I think that, that Satan is attacking our, our young people, our families as a whole. But especially our young people, I think he's working so strongly through them. Absolutely. Pam, thank you. 
thank you for calling and thank you for serving. Uh, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And, and you, you hit the nail on the head, y'all. Listen well, form relationships so that when the tough times come, they'll go to uh, your children will go to you versus the Internet versus some online forum with strangers that you've built in the relationship during the good times so that when the bad times come, they'll know to go to you. I think, Pam, you you put it well. So I guess what are your thoughts on uh, one question I'm curious about is like uh, age and phone like when would you give uh your child uh, a smartphone like what age do you think is appropriate well i probably disagree with some of the speakers that have uh talked already one of the reasons is because we we make it so hard on them um to be able to to still i guess you might i, I don't for lack of sounding so much like the world, mm-hmm. uh, we make it a little more difficult for them to fit in uh, when we say, okay, you're not going to get a phone until you're 15. But, gotcha. um, but I do think a good idea is to uh, provide them with small steps towards the phone. But I have, my children and grandchildren, they are so involved in so many things, and a phone has just almost become a necessary uh, means of communication between the parents and all of us but some the 12 year olds that i'm talking about yeah some of them have phones some of them don't uh but i do believe there needs to be responsibility i love the idea about saying okay you know at bedtime the phone needs to be turned in one of the reasons for that is that even our 12 year olds we find them on the phone in the middle of the night. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah. and they're raised good, raised in Christian homes, but they just, you know, they have friends, and they're falling asleep with their phones literally on laying beside them. I know they're not getting the rest that they need. Absolutely. So I think a responsible decision is to, that's a great idea, simply to take the phone, not as punishment, but as a means of just, so, because we can maybe explain to them you know how important it is for them mentally at school the next day and that kind of thing yes i i, I agree but I, I i think some of them are responsible enough to have them at 12 some of them are not even responsible enough to have them at 16 i, I think that that basically would need to be a parent's decision yeah, yeah. So you would say, okay, yeah, uh, it depends on the individual child. You're open to someone having a smartphone at 12, uh, but just maybe have some restrictions or maybe just have some uh, guardrails, but you'd be okay with it, you think? I think the guardrails are vitally important. I, I love, you mentioned the covenant. I, I think some security. I love, I, I definitely think the, the uh, where you are linked to their phone so that you can keep an eye on what they're doing and seeing and watching and how long they're on their phones. And I think that, again, it just falls back to the parents and family members as a whole being a huge part of their lives. So many children are lacking that today, though. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you hit the nail on the head, I think, with with relationships. Uh, Know your children, love your children, listen to them. It doesn't mean that the child's always right, but you want to have that foundation with the relationship to where then when you talk about rules, they know it comes from a place of care. 
Uh, I think I think that's really important. Well, Pam, I'm really glad you called. Make sure you you call back soon, okay? I'm enjoying your show. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. That was Pam, y'all. I want to hear. Uh, y'all's thoughts as well i'm thankful for our callers uh, 205-941-1011 so youth leaders out there youth pastors parents what are your thoughts on technology what's the best way because you don't want to come across as as a tyrant but you also know that while friendship with your children's important sometimes you do need to lay down the law for their own good like how do we balance that how do we balance that? I think that's really important, uh, y'all. So I want to hear your thoughts because I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers. Uh, we were part of a generation, the younger generations were, of uh, the kind of like, oh, let's, um, I'm going to put a uh, less crude, I'm going to phrase it less crudely than how it's normally said. Um, hey, Stuart, with uh, our caller, can you see if he'll stay on after the Okay, okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to head to break soon, and we have a caller that we will welcome on after we are back from the break. Uh, but yeah, we, we just, uh, it just, how, how do we, how do we do it and how do we do it well? Uh, remembering that ultimately a relationship's really important that you want, you do want your kids talking to you when, and when they're young adults, right? We were kind of the part of the generation of, um, I would say a Gen Z, which I'm kind of sort of a part of, uh, Gen Z was kind of the generation of mess around and find out. Uh, again, it's normally put more crudely, but mess around and find out where, okay, have your phones, uh, have your technology, have your social media. Let's just see how it affects you. And then we find out later. It's like, oh, boy, it's not great. I think younger millennials were part of that generation as well. And so we'll have a caller. We'll welcome our caller on uh, on the other side of this break. And maybe we'll have more callers. I want to hear your thoughts. Parents, youth leaders, youth pastors, how do you navigate these issues? Y'all, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. Check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. Don't go anywhere. We got more good stuff for you on the other side of this break. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at prioritytalkradio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at priorityTalkradio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, my life be yeah, like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh. In the second hour, we are talking ministry and culture. We have uh, been talking about 
technology. What, what do we do with phones and, uh, I guess, social media, just some of the things going on there? We're going to welcome on a caller, Tim from Birmingham. Tim, uh, welcome to the show. What you got for us? Hey, good afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I was just going to say that I've been a kid, I've had a kid, and I've got grandkids now. Okay. And I really think the way that that kids spell love is T-I-M-E. Okay. Just spending that time with them, because that's how we experience God's love for us, is spending time with them and getting in His Word and talking those things on the as we're doing, walking down the street, doing our daily business. And that's when kids know that they mean enough to you when you actually spend time with them and are concerned. We're all going to make bad choices, uh, but when you get them through those, that's that's where the, the true key and guidance comes in, I believe. Spell, we spell love, T-I-M-E. I like that. Uh, no, I think I think that's uh, that's well said. Uh, parents, spend time with your children. I know we always got something else going on as adults, you know, taking care of the house, working some extra hours at a job. Uh, always got stuff going on. I, I get that. But make sure to spend time with your children, and that's how you communicate the fact that you love them. Now, uh, Tim, I got a question for you. When it comes to, like, smartphones, phones and uh you know giving them to your teenager or maybe phones in general what what are your thoughts on that do you have an age range or is it kind of like does it vary based on the child i I think it really does i think it's the individual child and and how responsible they are but there needs to be limits put on that as well yeah um we actually are raising our granddaughters uh, that are 13 and 10 okay and and we got the older one they phone when she was 12 because she started doing some activities at school where she was away from us Yes, um, but but she is very mature, and those and those limits that we put on there, um, you know, like like parental controls and that kind of thing, where the phone turns off at eight o'clock at night, mm, you know, okay. and, and then and then you know because we're having supper, but you know by that time and and after supper it's family time from then until bedtime. And, okay. And how was how was your day, and, and what kind of things are you looking at, and and with the controls that we have, I can see what she's doing on her phone. And kind of, you know, hey, maybe that's not such a great thing to have on there. We maybe we shouldn't look at that one, or just do, let's do something a little better. Uh, but the choices that they make, and then I, I agree with the caller before that sometimes they're not ready at sixteen. You know. Yes. And, yes. And, that, and that's the thing too. You know, when we're talking about spending time with them, you know, we need to put our phones down as well. You know, because I see a lot of that just you know when we're out, you know, touring around town or whatever. You see people that are just in their phone, and your kids are kind of off, not even really being supervised. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I hope parents, well, adults in general are listening, that your kids see you on your phone all the time. So before we can say, oh, watch your screen time, uh, like, oh, get off your phones, if we're always on our phones, they're just going to take it as hypocrisy. So, Tim, I think that's another good point. I love what you're saying. Uh, I guess um, when it comes to, uh, so you uh, 13 years old, uh do you plan on is this going to be a thing through adulthood or do you plan on maybe 15 16 years old removing that software that lets you see what they're doing like how long do you plan on on keeping that software on their phone um at at this point i really don't have a set time i I think again it's just going to be you know um, molding those good habits and and just kind of just maybe playing that by ear and, and, and maybe loosening the restraint some, you know, with a, a little more maturity and a yes. little more age, but, but there's not a, I don't think a, a set time. It has to be, 
you know, for that individual child, I believe. Okay, I, I like that. And, and y'all, I think that that's based on a relationship. You have to know your children to be aware of maturity levels. Well, Tim, I really appreciate the call. Make sure to call back, okay? And we'll do that. Yes, sir. Stay safe. Yes, sir. You too. That was Tim. And uh, we're so glad he called. I think there's been a lot of wisdom with Pam and Tim. Know your children. Y'all spend time with your children. Don't make every interaction with, oh, this is so important. Don't make every interaction with your child over rules. Like, oh man, dad's only talking to me because it has something to do with rules. Uh, Maybe I broke a rule or I came close to breaking a rule. And that seems to be the only time when mom and dad want to talk with me is over something I've done wrong. Uh, I think that's very important. Get to know your kids as best you can, as is appropriate. You know, get involved with their hobbies. Again, some, sometimes that can get a little weird depending on what the hobby is. Uh, but but just uh, know your kids, spend time with them, go out places, go on adventures, just listen to them. Listening is important. I think all that is uh, just things that we should do. Y'all, I want to hear your thoughts. 205-941-1011. Parents... Uh, youth pastors, youth leaders, what are your thoughts on technology and your kids? Technology and teens. Uh, when do you think uh, your children should be able to have social media accounts? Facebook, Instagram, I guess now it's TikTok. Uh, Stuart, are you, are you on TikTok? I can't remember. Yes. Okay. So uh, Stuart's cooler than I am. Uh, I decided I no longer have Snapchat. But at the time when I downloaded Snapchat, uh, I decided that was going to be the last, unless I'm forced to for whatever reason, that's going to be the last personal uh, social media, like newest thing I was going to get into. And after that, I'll let the kids have it, or maybe as part of a ministry, let's say it's my job to know something, I could download something newer and cooler than Snapchat. Uh, but, but just for personal use, uh, I, that was it. And so now I stick to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, but I'm honestly, I've just seen the quality of interactions on Twitter, and I'm thinking about getting th- getting off that. Instagram, again, you, you want to. So as a, as a ministry leader, I want to kind of stay up to date with stuff. I kind of, not that I need to know all the lingo, but maybe know some of it. You know, I don't need to participate in all the trends, but as I talk with young adults, I work with young adults, um, and I love that demographic. I serve a college-age students and uh, those in their 20s. I, I, I kind of need to know just what's going on. I can't be completely ignorant, in my opinion. Maybe y'all disagree with that. And so that's just kind of my thoughts, that I just need to stay up to date on stuff. But more and more, social media just burns me out. The low-quality interactions doesn't do a lot for me. But anyways, what are your thoughts, y'all? Call in 205-941-1011. But uh, I guess we'll move on, unless we have more callers, to our other topic for today, which is uh, being a missionary, mission work. Is everyone a missionary? I hear two thoughts on that. When I was in seminary, again, I went to Beeson, I took a missions class, and uh, my professor, if I remember correctly, he said, no, 
Not everyone's a missionary. That is reserved for people who have uh, just made it their life and their calling to go somewhere else other than where they grew up and spread the gospel. Only those people should be called missionaries. We all should evangelize. You know, he would agree with that. We all should evangelize, share the good news with uh, neighbors, co-workers, fellow students. We all should. But that term missionary should be reserved for those who make it their life, their vocational, uh, just uh, going, I guess, to other parts of the world or other parts of the country. Then uh, you have people on the other side that would say, no, everyone's a missionary. The Great Commission is for everyone. So whether you're working, you know, next door, working in your home, you're a student at your local school, you're all missionaries, or whether you go overseas, and, uh, you know, people have different thoughts. Uh, There's an article from Nine Marks that says, is every Christian a missionary? It turns out that this is not an easy question to answer. It's kind of a loaded question whose answer really depends on how you use the term missionary. Uh, And so my my distinction is uh, I, I think everyone's a missionary. But for those who have dedicated their life to mission work, I would call them vocational missionaries. So my distinction is not with the word missionary, because we're, we're all those, in my opinion, but vocational missionaries are those who have dedicated their life to spreading the gospel around the globe. And so that's what I would thought. Uh, I, that's what I would thought. Wow. Great English. That's what I think. And then the Gospel Coalition has an article, How to Love Missionaries When They Come Home. And I was like, oh, that's unique. That's a unique topic. So six ways to love missionaries when they come home. If you're part of a very missions-oriented church, which in my opinion we all should be, uh, you, you, you will support missionaries in different parts of the world maybe different parts of the country as well. And uh, sometimes they'll come home. They'll come back to the area that, they, that they're from. Maybe they need to raise support. So how should we handle that? Number one, beware of missionary hero worship. Sometimes we put missionaries on a pedestal. We make them heroes of the faith. And, and partially that's because they're, they're doing something bold and something incredible. They're spreading the gospel sometimes in very dangerous parts of the world. But beware of missionary uh, worship. Beware of hero worship. That's for our celebrity pastors. That's for our amazing producers named Stuart. You know, we're just tempted to think that, oh man, they're just the, the best things in the world. And when it comes to Stuart, that might be true, but still, don't do hero worship. And Stuart's like, no, make sure to worship me. No, just kidding. Stuart's not saying that. But, uh, but anyways, number two, prepare for mixed emotions and culture shock. So when people come back from a different culture, uh, recognize that they might have conflicting emotions. They're going to miss their other life they have in another part of the world. Uh, They're going to miss their friends and family over there. Uh, They're going to have just different stories, things to be aware of. There's reverse culture shock. Are they returning from a deeply communal culture, a slower pace of life, open-air markets rather than well-stocked stores? The re-learning curve might be steep. Be gracious and patient. Number three, make rest a priority. 
uh, when they come back to wherever you are, back to your area, they'll need to rest. Oftentimes they're raising funds. They might have to take care of some medical things, some paperwork. Y'all, there's a lot of stress to being a vocational missionary. Realize that and, and make rest a priority. Um, number four, help destigmatize mental health concerns and missions. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, many missionaries suffer silently. They've experienced trauma after trauma, and they never receive the care that they need. So maybe they need to take care of some mental health issues when they get back. Allow them to do that. Try to help provide that for them if appropriate. Number five, meet needs, but meet wants too. So you want to meet practical needs. Uh, so there's funding and stuff as well, but also seek to meet wants. Insist they make Amazon wish lists. Load them up with gift cards to their favorite clothing store. You know, missionaries want to uh, wear cute clothes too. Surprise their kids with tickets to a theme park. Order takeout from their favorite American restaurant. It's not that all your missionary friends care about is being showered with new shoes and snacks. If you ask how you can help, they'll point you in the direction of some selfless cause. Hear them out on those, yes, but buy up on their Amazon wish lists too. And then number six, above all, listen well. Ask good questions, be curious. Curiosity communicates interest and interest communicates care. So look at their pictures, ask, ask for names about uh, friends in the photos. Uh, just be interested in their life and listen well. So here are some questions. What wins have you had over the past few months? What's been hardest for you lately? What does community look like for you here in the States and back in your host country? What do you love most about your host country and what do you miss the most right now? So just be a good friend, be a good listener. Uh, Y'all, so make sure, th these are some things that I'd never considered, so I wanted to share them with you. But when our missionaries, vocational missionaries come back from overseas or another part of the, maybe the country that's different, uh, just be there for them. Try to meet needs, meet wants, listen, and uh, do the best you can to support them because vocational mission work is very difficult. It's honorable. Again, we don't worship them. We don't put them on a pedestal, but just recognize that they're, they're doing something very unique. And so we want to try to serve them as best that we can. What are your thoughts? Y'all call in 205-941-1011. We'll talk more about mission work and missionaries on the other side of the break as we finish out this second hour. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. 
Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey, Birmingham, we are Chosen Road, and you're listening to Priority Talk. All right. Mighty fine. This is Priority Talk Radio. We are on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Y'all can find us on our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And if you've missed any of these past two hours, we've covered a lot of ground, talked about a lot of good stuff. Uh, make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on a lot of different podcast carriers. And so the second hour, we've talked about uh, kids and technology, smartphones, social media. We had a couple callers. Very thankful for our callers. And then we've talked about missionaries and mission work. And that's how we will close out the second hour. So how can you get your cong congregation engaged in missions? Right? We want to be Great Commission churches, churches who make disciples of all nations. And so we love mission work. We love vocational missionaries. Here are 10 ways to get your congregation engaged in missions. That's the name of the article. Number one, pray for a particular nation during every Sunday service. Uh, so I think that's important. It kind of gets your congregation focused globally. Sometimes we become so inwards focused, we just stare at our belly button all day long and we think, oh, the only place that matters is, is here in our community. And while God has placed you in your community to serve and make a difference, yes, it's not the only place that matters. God loves, uh, God loves his, all of his creation. Number two, partner with a sister church in another country. So maybe you can find a like-minded church somewhere overseas. Uh, maybe it uh, doesn't have to be necessarily overseas, but, but somewhere in another country. I think that's great. So there's collaboration. You work with them. You can share updates and all that God's doing in your uh, local communities across the world. I think that's really cool. Number three, ask your missionaries for updates to share with the congregation. So uh, your missionaries love to share what's going on, how God is moving, how God is working. They want to share it. 
and they want to share it with you. So ask the missionaries that you support for updates. Uh, videos are great for this. You could share maybe a blog post, a newsletter. There's just a lot of things that you can do just to kind of keep your local church updated. Because think about it this way. You have a lot of adults. They work that eight to five. Uh, they, they come home, spend time with their families. If they're married, if spend time with their spouse. Uh, on the weekends, maybe they might spend Saturday doing a hobby. Sunday, they're at their local church. And uh, then afterwards, who knows what they're doing back home. And that's all great. But sometimes we can miss what's going on outside of our own bubble. We got our job. We got our family. Um, maybe a couple nights a week we might do uh, some social group. Maybe we might go to church on Wednesday nights. And all that's great. But we forget that God is moving across the world. So those updates are wonderful. Number four, pray that your congregation would have a heart for the nations. So prayer changes lives. It transforms our hearts. So we want to be in prayer. Number five, this is for the pastors. Preach a sermon series on God's desire to bring the nations to Christ. So one of the most direct ways you can communicate with your local church is through the pulpit. People are going to be listening. They, they, they are, uh, that was not good English. People will listen to you as a pastor if you speak from the pulpit. So talk about missions uh, with your sermons. Acts is a great book for that. Number six, task your missions committee with a strategic plan. So hopefully at your local church, you have a missions committee and develop a plan for supporting missionaries, for updating your church, being active on social media, you know, fundraisers and uh, speakers. So work with your missions committee, your missions team on that. Number eight, send groups on short-term missions trips. So that's wonderful. Now, I'm going to be careful here because I, I think as long as uh, short-term missions, they're great, those mission trips. But recognize what they're for. Oftentimes, they, they, they're not really for the, the group that the city or the place that you're going to because in, in a few days you might not be able to make the biggest difference but it's good from an education standpoint so that your your teens when they go your young adults when they go your older adults it doesn't matter uh, when they go they're kind of educated they're, they're made aware of different cultures and communities different issues that maybe in our backyard we might not always be thinking about um, and so be careful to uh, you know it can devolve into tourism uh, but just uh, just recognize what those short-term mission trips can do if you have the right mindset. Number nine, encourage students to consider missions internships. So oftentimes when you're younger, you might have just more flexibility to be gone for a summer. It might not be feasible for a 35-year-old to be gone for a summer, uh, maybe depending on the job. But for um, college students, spending a couple months somewhere it's not necessary uh, necessarily um, life-ending. You know, hey, if you're gone for a couple of months, that, that'll be okay. And then number 10, fully support and send a missionary from your church. So not only do you want to support missionaries abroad, uh, vocational missionaries, but maybe send a missionary 
from your own church. I think that's very exciting. And what better way of involving your local church than supporting someone you know personally? I think that's wonderful. So those are 10 ways that you can kind of help make your local church more mission-minded, help your congregation to be engaged in missions. Y'all, this has been a wonderful show. And I know with this show, we've talked a lot about our our call-in number. Again, uh, we've done that a lot, and we've had a couple callers. But we want to hear your your thoughts as well. So 202-249-5592, that's our text line, 202-249-5592. Text the letters to that number, and then... uh, then you'll be a part of the text line and then give us your thoughts, comments, questions. Um, Tim, who was a caller earlier, said, uh, keep up the good work. This is truly can't miss radio. Thank you, Tim. Uh, we always appreciate your encouragement, y'all. And uh, so we want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions. We have a text line for you to do that. Y'all, This, like I said, it's been a great show. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll have a couple guests. I can't wait to introduce them and we'll talk about uh, church planning and campus uh, ministry work. I'm very excited. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We'll be back tomorrow. So I'm going